is time for Doug Oster, the organic gardener on KDKA. Good morning, everyone, and we'll get to Doug in just a matter of minutes. I do want to begin by telling you that today Steve Rapaski is going to be dropping by in just a little bit. He, of course, our bee expert, talking about pollination today. But we always like to begin the show by giving you the opportunity to win a gift certificate to Sorgles in Wexford. And that number is 412-922-1020. 412-922-1020. And you have to be the 10th caller to win that gift certificate. So let's see what's on the mind of Doug Oster, DougOster.com. And I know he's getting ready for an incredible run at the Duquesne Light Pittsburgh Home and Garden Show that starts coming up on Friday. So uh, we will be talking to Doug about that and a whole lot of other things in just a little bit. And uh, we are also going to give you an opportunity to phone in as well coming up in our third segment today. So if you have a question for Doug and you want to chime in today on the broadcast, it's very simple. Uh, The number to dial in on the program today uh, is 412-922-1020. But right now we're looking for the 10th caller at that number to take home a $25 gift certificate from Sorgles. And don't forget, we also have coming up in just about 30 minutes the opportunity to take home a gift certificate uh, from Janoski's as well. So pollination coming up with Steve Rapaski in just a little bit. Also, we're going to be talking about a number of things. Something cool Baker Creek Heirloom Seeds is doing this weekend. All seed sales are going to be donated to the humanitarian efforts to help the people of Ukraine. That will end at midnight tonight. They have the most amazing seeds, and you're going to be able to help refugees and others caught up in the war. DougOster.com, the best way to find out more about that. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to give you an opportunity to win as well. So I hope that uh, you will a copy of an incredible book, Christy Wilhelm's novel, Garden Variety. She was our guest from California last week, and she sent me uh, a copy, according to Doug, and we're going to be able to give that uh, away to one lucky listener. So, again, we want to remind you that 10th Caller right now is going to win that gift certificate uh, to uh, uh, Sorgles in Wexford. And we're also going to give you an opportunity to um, take home a gift certificate from Janoski's in just a little bit. Uh, So that'll be happening in about 30 minutes. And we're going to get Doug on here to talk about uh, what is happening at the Duquesne Light Home and Garden Show, which starts Friday, March 4th. He's going to be there every day upstairs this year in the Farm to Table Expo. And for the first weekend, while they last, he's got free Mexican sunflower seeds courtesy of Angora Gardens to give away. And he is going to be speaking about how to get the garden going early at 1 p.m. on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but will be at the booth uh, longer every single day. And he's got a fun project where he's going to be interviewing farmers and other vendors on stage to learn a little bit about uh, what's going to be happening. And, of course, uh, great samples as well. Remember to stay tuned to Doug by going to DougOster.com. That's the full schedule, again, is DougOster.com. He's also going to be excited to to be talking to people at the Chelsea Flower Show in London this May. He's going to also offer a key uh, garden and uh, Suffolk uh, Castle, and then he's going to head to Amsterdam to explore the city and see all sorts of good things as well. A once-in-a-decade garden celebration covering nearly 150 years, and again, all the details at DougOster.com. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, never doubt me, Doug. I can do anything. <laughs> Here he is, Doug Oster. Yeah, I, just, I just heard my, my whole... <laughs> My whole intro. <laughs> I got you covered, brother. Even though your phone's on the blink, I got you covered. Go ahead. Good morning. 
What have we talked about so far? We talked about Baker Creek Heirloom Seed. Yes, we did. And we talked about a book possibly to a, a lucky listener if you want to talk about that. And I also gave a complete rundown of what we're going to be talking a lot about, the Duquesne Light Home and Garden Show. And I told the fan that uh, Mr. Rapaski is going to be talking pollination coming up very shortly. And we put on the table that Sorgles gift certificate from Wexford. So I guess it's uh, Rob Pratt, the organic gardener on KDKA. Yeah. What, what do you need me for? <laughs> I need you. Go right ahead. Okay. Yeah, Christy Wilhelmy, who was a guest uh, last week, she sent me a copy of her novel. Uh, and if you'd like to win a copy of the book, just go to DougOster.com and hit the contact button and just say, I'd like to win the book or uh, something like that. And that'll be cool. So let's talk about a few things to do in the garden since we're having fun with the phones this morning. We're, we're running uh, out of time for pruning. You know, we probably have another month for pruning things like oaks and elms. You know, we can never touch an oak um, when it's in the active growth because of something called oak wilt. And then for elms, it would be Dutch elm disease. So if you need work done on those oaks, be sure to get that done before they start to leaf out. Uh, but there's lots of other trees and shrubs that, that can use pruning now, and but there are plenty of, of them that should not be pruned. And so those spring bloomers like rhododendrons, azaleas, dogwoods, certainly hydrangeas, if you start hacking at those, you're going to be taking off the buds, which will in turn take off the flowers. And we don't want to do that. We want our flowers. And so always ask yourself, why are you pruning? What, what needs to be done here? If it's in the way, think about a spring blooming plant and think, well, can I wait? Can I wait until it blooms? Um, and if not, and it's in the way, then it has to be pruned. Uh, and so a lot of times I get questions where people are saying like, oh, I want to prune this, I want to prune that. And I ask them, well, why do you want to prune it? And they said, well, I just thought you had to prune it. Well, you don't have to prune everything. You know, plants find their own natural look and and that looks pretty darn good for most of them it's just if they're in the way or in the wires or whatever it might be it's always important when you're thinking about putting in a tree putting in a shrub right tree right place uh, and so uh, we talk about that quite a bit on the show just because uh, so many times when you put a shrub in it's just you know it's nice and tiny it's in a little one gallon pot and then you realize, oh, my gosh, this thing is going to get eight foot tall and eight foot wide, and you have to be careful about that. Another thing to do this time of the year, and I talked a little bit about it last week, but is to get those beds ready, get some compost in place. You know, you can go to your nursery either buy it by the bag. You can still go to, you know, a, a bigger landscape supply place and get a truckload of compost delivered or have fill your truck up with it and, that's just a, a great thing to do now while the ground is still hard enough where you can take it in with the wheelbarrow. And it's one less job to do in the spring uh, when you know things are going to be crazy. Uh, I wanted to reiterate uh, what Rob talked about with Baker Creek heirloom seeds. And so I just think what they are doing is really something special that a hundred percent of their seed sales for today, it was all weekend. Today's the last day will be donated uh, to help uh, relief efforts in, in Ukraine. And the thing is, they've got the most amazing seeds. 
You know, I order from them every year. And if you haven't ordered your seeds yet, just go ahead and, and do it. It's rareseeds.com, but I do have a link at, at dougoster.com to get in there and order some seeds. I'll be ordering some seeds from them today. Uh, and, again, if you want to grow something different and you want to grow something special, they've got some cool stuff, and then it's all going to be for a good cause. One more thing real quick that you can do this spring or before spring is add a little bit of mulch to the garden. And this, again, this is, this is to get this job done before things go crazy. Uh, boy, I've got so much work to do out there, but mulching, composting, pruning, these are three great jobs that we can do right now. And when we're getting ready to start seeds, you can see a complete tutorial with photos how to start seeds inside at the website at DougOster.com. All right, what we're going to do, Steve Rapaski on the other side with Doug, and then coming up in that third segment, we're going to give you a chance to talk to Doug as well, too. Lots of stuff still to come today. Don't forget, he'll be at the Duquesne Light Home and Garden Show beginning this Friday at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center for its entire run. He'll talk much more about that. But in the meantime... We're going to take a break. We'll come back with Doug and Steve in just a couple of moments. Rob Pratt Sunday, DougOster.com, The Organic Gardener, 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDKA. Ah, how sweet it is whenever we're talking about the buzz of the world of bees. He is our go-to guy, Steve Rapaski, right now joining Doug on The Organic Gardeners. Doug? Always glad to talk to our friend Steve Rapaski, owner of Bee Control, Meadowsweet Apiaries, a master beekeeper and a pollinator expert. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Good morning, Doug. How are you this morning? Oh, you sound wide awake. <laughs> I've been anxiously awaiting your call. <laughs> Just like I was anxiously awaiting some calls this morning. Anyway, uh, you know, this this early in the season, you know, we're always talking about trying to help pollinators, but what could we be doing as gardeners now that's important for pollinators? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's actually not that early, Doug. When you start to think about it, we're here at the end of February. We're just about around the corner for March. The home and garden show is right around the corner as well, and and everybody's starting to think spring. I mean, we're really four weeks away from um, the weather really changing to our, our benefit. And really, when it comes to, to the pollinators, you know, a lot of people think bees or honeybees, and, and it's our native pollinators that are just as important as the honeybees that we have and that I keep and you keep as beekeepers. Um, but there's a lot of just little things that beekeepers could, or beekeepers that gardeners can think about uh, in attracting these native pollinators around their yard and things like providing shelter. You know, we talk about raking our leaves and, and getting rid of our leaves in the fall so that it doesn't create fungus in the yard and killing grass. But even just leaving a little pile somewhere in the corner provides this habitat for these pollinators, whether it's um, overwintering um, queen bumblebees, whether it's uh, butterflies that need shelter um, that are some of the early ones, the moths and things that come out early. It gives them that shelter from some of the cooler weather that we get before the weather really warms up. Uh, just simple things like not even cleaning up your, your garden, so to speak. You know, we all get into that urge of, you know, before the cold weather comes, we when I get out and take out dead and dead stem this and remove that and scrape up that and get it all nice and neat so we're ready in the spring. But in reality, we're taking away the habitat um, of some of these native pollinators that overwinter in some of that substance that we leave behind. So in my beds, is there a certain time of the year that I can start cleaning things up, or should I just leave 
those leaves there as, as, as sort of a mulch. Yeah, and that's exactly what we recommend, too. I mean, that mulch is great. You don't want too heavy of a mulch. I mean, we put mulch down in our gardens and stuff like that. But those leaves provide a nice uh, return to the environment, right? As they break down, they generate some heat. So you have insects that utilize that. It provides the nutrients to your garden area. Um, I typically, and, and as you know, Doug, I don't garden garden uh, for vegetables anymore because of my time. But I do plant a variety of plants for pollinators that leave long, you know, empty stems around. Uh, plants that fall over and create these little mini brush piles, if you will. I typically don't start cleaning up uh, that, those dead stems until I start to see that green up in the ground. So you start to see your daffodils start to poke through, right? All those little early plants that you start to see poking their heads through the soils, that's generally a safe time to start removing some of these dead stems because the early pollinators are now emerging from hibernation. They're coming out, and we can safely start to clean up and, and be ready. Is there hope? for our pollinators because it's I hear a lot of uh, negatives, a lot of doom and gloom. There's as gardeners, always, as, yeah. go ahead. There's always hope. I mean, there's always hope. It, it's, it's just a long struggle, right? We are dealing with habitat loss. We're dealing with uh, over uh, or misuse of pesticides in urban, suburban environments. Um, so there's always hope. But, yes, I mean, we're starting to see – some turnarounds of species that haven't been uh, seen in years. We've seen species that are were low in population and slowly increasing, and that's all over the United States, not just strictly here in Pennsylvania. But, yeah, there's hope. Uh, it, it's just taking a long time to educate the general public uh, about the importance of some of the, the the unseen pollinators, right? As I mentioned, we, we hear about honeybees all the time because they're the um, – romantic side of it and, and we hear about them in the almonds and whatnot but these little native pollinators these solitaries um are the ones that have been ignored and over the years we are finally getting some um attention to them which is helping so that being said i did want to talk a little bit about honeybees what are they doing this time of the year this time of year, they're actually very active. So uh, contrary to uh, the belief of uh, some people, you know, they don't hibernate. Uh, the honeybees are very active inside their colony this time of year. Uh, generally speaking, their hives uh, provide an insulated value to them. So if I were to open up my colonies right now, they are in there moving around. Not a whole lot because it is a little chilly this morning, but right in the center of that cluster that they're generating heat, they're actually beginning to raise new bees. Their brood is being produced by the queen. Um, if you were to look in a colony, I probably would see a what we call a patch of brood about four to six inches in diameter over across two or three frames. So they're they're ramping up. Even though it's cold outside, uh, they recognize the change in daylight, the changes in temperatures. And here in about three or four weeks, we're going to see the maples start to bloom, which provides a very good source of pollen for these bees. And as the weather warms, they'll be flying more and more. So you may not see a lot of activity at our hives right now, but internally, they're gearing up, they're getting ready, and they're producing a lot of young new bees getting ready to come out here in a few weeks. So about a minute left. We're ordering our seeds right now. Is there anything easy to grow that we could grow from seed that would help pollinators out that you could think of off the top of your head? The easiest ones that are out there are your mints. Um, mints are fantastic uh, uh, nectar source uh, and even some pollen for our bees. Those are the simplest, easy, you know, scatter them and grow. Of course, mints can be a little aggressive. 
Uh, but you know, if you're looking at just tossing stuff out there as a you know hand sewn type of a thing, you know, look at your your annuals like your cosmos and your uh, cone flowers, uh, baby's breath, uh, coreopsis, those types of flowers that are easily found. Cone flowers, um, you toss those out into the edges of your garden or along your sidewalk where there's some disturbed soil and make sure there's some seed contact. That's the very easiest way that we could all provide a lending hand to these these pollinators it's you know that time of year nothing real crazy you know i'm putting in a large wildflower garden this year which is going to be a task in itself but for the average gardener backyard uh or back you know the homeowner get yourself some coreopsis some coneflowers cosmos those types and uh sprinkle them around in those those bare areas and uh that'll provide you some beauty and some habitat for those natives later on this year all right, Steve, do me a favor. Hang in there for the news. I want to have you back to the uh, when we come back from the news just for a little bit to talk about this new wildflower garden. Rob, I think we're ready for a break. All right, ready for a break. We'll come back with Steve and Doug in just a little bit. All right, Laurel Highlands battles Highlands Monday night in the 5A semifinals on KDK Radio. Tip-off at 8. No one loves high school sports more than 100.1 FM and AM 1020 KDK. Coming up today in the 8 o'clock hour, getting ready for all those meatless meals, the Lenten season. want to remind you, I will be broadcasting at the Coons Market on McKnight Road to kick off the Lenten season this Friday, noon to 3, right here on 100.1 FM AM 1020 KDK. News coming up in just a couple of minutes with Rob Taylor and then back with Doug and Steve Rapaski. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the organic gardener, Doug Oster. DougOster.com, part of Rob Pratt Sunday, 100.1 FM AM 1020 KDKA. Good morning. All right, we're going to get back to Doug and Steve in just a moment. But if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, 10th caller wins a $25 gift certificate from Janoski's, where they're open every day all winter long in Clinton, Pennsylvania. Doug? Well, we're joined back with Steve Rapatsky. He owns a company called Bee Control, Meadowsweet Apiaries. He's a master beekeeper. We're talking all about pollinators. And while we were off the air, we were talking to each other and Steve, you mentioned that uh, there's a lot of herbs that really are great for pollinators. Yeah, and, and not so much just herbs, even just the normal stuff that we would plant as gardeners. I mean, you know, well, milkweed is one that's not something we would normally plant, but milkweed is the most commonly known uh, plant that monarchs love for um, for hosting uh, their eggs and larvae. But when we talk about things in the garden, you know, talk about our carrot plants, our parsley, the dills, the fennels, those are all fantastic for our black swallowtails, which are very common here in Pennsylvania. And then we, you and I were jokingly, you know, the, the cabbage white butterfly is fantastic too, but of course they destroy our broccoli and cabbage. So, you know, there's, there's pros and cons to leaving stuff going. But yeah, I mean, a lot of the common, you know, dills, fennels, parsley's are all great to put around the edges of your garden because you're providing a host plant for those pollinating butterflies, which are pretty awesome. So tell me about this wildflower garden you're putting together. How did this come about? Well, it came about because you came over one day and said I was horrible at gardening. So I, I decided to change my route <laughs> and uh, go a different route. No, and I, I, you know, I enjoy gardening. I like to plant my peppers and, um, you know, my garlic and tomatoes and things like that. But with my business, I just don't have the time. So I end up raising weeds more than I raise vegetables and I attract the groundhogs and things like that. So um, my garden's been stagnant for a few years. Um, haven't done much to it other than keeping the big weeds out of it. So it's it's protected and, and ready to go. So I decided to finally just put in a, um, a wildflower garden, um, mostly to attract 
just pollinators in general. I, I like to, to do photography as well. I like to, to do my part for the environment other than just being a beekeeper. You know, I want to provide that habitat. habitat. Uh, and a little pressure from my wife as well, who said we need more color in the backyard. So my garden's probably 20 feet by 40 feet long, and um, it's going to be a nice little partially shaded but mostly sunny spot that I'm going to really work the soils. And I've ordered my seed mixes from Ernst Conservation Seeds up in Meadville, so they, they are a specialist in providing uh, native seed mixes for all kinds, kinds of purposes, whether it's landscape or, in this case, our, our um, pollinators. And I'm going to do a mix of what we call the, the showy northeast native mix and an, an annual wildflower mix. So it's a nice mix of annuals and perennials. So I'll get some of that color the first year. I'll get some of the benefit to the pollinators that first year. But then over the next two, three, four years, as I maintain it, those perennials are going to come in and fill in those gaps. So I'm going to have nice beds of, of cone flowers and um, blazing stars and the milkweeds that we mentioned a little earlier, some of the goldenrods, beard tongue, et cetera. So it's going to be a project. I've got to get it ready. You know, I've got to prepare the soil a little bit, um, wait for the temperatures to warm up, probably until soil temps are around 50, 55 degrees before I seed. And then cross my fingers and hope my thumb is green, not brown. So what's the soil prep? Are you going to have to till or dig, or do you just throw the seed on top? How's that going to work? Yeah, so fortunately, over the years, when I was trying to garden, I had put um, you know some compost over top of that soil for several years. So there's a nice, loose soil, at, you know, as you often talk about. You know, if you can get in there and break up that soil nicely, it's a, it's a nice bed. Uh, I have had a weed barrier over top of it with some openings um, where I had planted some vegetables. So I'll pull that weed barrier back, and I'll probably go light over it lightly with a rake just to loosen up that, that soil since it's, I'll say it's been compacted lightly over the years just from snow and whatnot. And then um, just basically going to hand sow um, this mix of seeds, lightly rake, rake over it again to provide that seed-to-soil contact. And as you and I talked uh, earlier, you know, make sure there's a lot of moisture because our weather in this part of the state can really be wonky. We could have a lot of rain in the spring or we may not have any. So I'm going to make sure it's um, prepped and ready to go with that seed to soil contact. I'm not going to add any moisture. I might do a soil test um, just to see what my pH is like. When we're planting wildflowers, we like to have that mid pH range, you know, seven, seven and a half, maybe up to eight. So I'll do a soil test make sure I don't need to add any uh, amendments to it, and then we'll go from there. Well, it sounds like quite a project. How how, how big of an area are we talking here? <laughs> it is a big project. Uh, it's probably about 20 feet by 40 feet, maybe a little smaller than that. So it's not huge, um, but it's a nice part of the yard that um, it was perfect for a garden. And since I'm not raising vegetables, we're going to raise pollinators instead. Uh that sounds great, Steve. Well, thanks for, for joining us today. Sure appreciate it, hanging in there through the news. And uh, what's the best way for people to follow you? Yeah, so you could find me on Facebook, Meadowsweet Bees. You could find me uh, at Bee Control Pittsburgh on Facebook as well. Uh, website, beecontrolpittsburgh.com, meadowsweetbees.com. Uh, I do have an Instagram account uh, for both under both names. Just don't do a whole lot uh, with that type of social media just because of my time and efforts. But they can find me on Facebook, uh, posting here and there. Find me at the Swickley Farmer's Market on Saturdays starting in April selling honey. And they can reach me um, at, at Bee Control Pittsburgh if you have any stinging insect control needs. All right, Steve. Thanks again for getting up in the morning and talking to us about pollinators. 
And what we're going to do right now, we're going to get to the phones, but if you have a question for Doug, the number to dial is 412-922-1020. So give us a call now with all of your gardening questions. And let's go and say hello to Jan. Jenny, you're on KDK with Doug Oster. Hi, Jenny. Good morning. Um, I have a pruning question or a take-out-the-bush question. I'm not sure which. Um, last spring, I, ha- I have big quince bushes. They're probably 50 years old that line the side. Quince bushes that line the side of my yard. And last year when they came out, there was a ton of dead stuff in them. They seemed to be falling over like like, like some of the stalks you could just pull right out of the ground. At the same time, my neighbor started to complain about holes in her yard, and she thought she had holes. So she took care of them, but it was pretty close to where my bushes were. So last spring, we went in and cleaned them out a lot. We didn't take them all the way back down to the ground because we were hoping that we could get them. Now, these bushes are so well established, and we would prune them to be sand so we couldn't see our neighbor's house. That's what we would do. So they wouldn't come out in our yard, which is not very big. Well, they never actually really recovered. They lay across the livestock, lay across my yard. Think more like the spider. All right, let's get a quick answer from Doug here. Doug, jump in here, will you? Well, the good thing is quince is really tough. And so the good thing is you got that dead wood out of there. If it was me, this spring, as soon as things warm up, mid-March, end of March, I, I would give them a, uh, a just a little bit of a, a granular fertilizer, something like a, a garden tone mm-hmm. or flower tone, and mm-hmm. that's, that's going to really help them come back. They're gonna, it's going to take a couple years for them really to, to come back to what they once were, but that fertilizer will help them. And as I said, that's a tough plant, uh, one that you don't have to worry too much about. All right, Jenny, thank you for the call. We've got room for you, too, on the other side. Mrs. Know-It-All enjoying the day off, so it's nothing but phone calls to the top of the hour. If you'd like to talk to Doug, call 412-922-1020. That's 412-922-1020. Coming up after the news at 8, we're going to be talking about uh, those Lenten meals on the Coons Cooking Hour. Heffron Tillotson, your money, and you on the way. Lots of news because of what's happening in Europe as far as bulls and bears of Wall Street and the world of finance. You're going to have that morning commentary with Jim Meredith. Co-hosting with him today is Kurt Carlson. Then lots to get to on the hometown sports talk show that is the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show. Hey, we'd love to hear from you. We've got some lines available if you have a question for Doug. 412-922-1020. But Doug, I guess this is the time of year that you get out and explore and get ready to start planting in the garden in just a few short weeks yeah no doubt about it if we get a call or rob let me know we'll get to them and yes this is the perfect time before things get crazy to go out and kind of look at the bones of the garden and to make some plans for the spring where things should go Uh, the other thing is as bulbs are starting to sprout it's very important at least for me as a gardener to note where they are and also where they aren't. <laughs> I know it seems crazy. We haven't even started yet, and I'm already thinking about fall planting. But, yes, I'm looking where right now the snowdrops are blooming, but next will be uh, hopefully some snow crocus, and then after that, glorious snow, and eventually our daffodils. And so, yeah, keep an eye on where everything is, and just maybe just take a picture or, or, or write down a note where something is is coming up so that you know where to plant in the fall you know i love planting bulbs all in the fall because the payoff is going to start to happen here over the next month to two months 
So I just wanted to go back and talk a little bit about being at the Home and Garden Show. Starts Friday. I will be there every day. This year I'm upstairs as part of the Farm to Table Expo. And for the first weekend, while they last, I've got some free Mexican sunflower seeds, which is my favorite pollinator plant, courtesy of Angora Gardens in White Oak. Uh, they grew some. I gave them some seeds last year. They grew them, and they've already tested the germination on these. The germination is fantastic on them. So I'll be speaking next weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, every day at 1 o'clock. And, but I'll be at the booth longer. This is going to be fun. I, I, this fun project that I put together where I'm going to be on the stage besides my garden talk. I'm going to be talking to farmers and other vendors from the farm-to-table world about how they got into it, what they do. And then when we're done with our little talk, everybody will have some tasty samples to try, too. The whole schedule for what I'm doing is at DougOster.com. And today we are giving away a book. From our guest from last week, it was Christy Wilhelmy. She has a novel called Garden Variety, which is an awesome book. It's set in a community garden. If you've ever dealt with a community garden, you know there's a lot of uh, drama in any community garden. Uh, she was our guest last week from California. If you would like to win the book, again, just go to DougOster.com. Click on the contact button and say, yeah, I want to win the book. and I'll, I'll pick a winter, winner randomly. Uh, and there is... You know, so much to do in the garden, but indoors, I'm getting lots of questions this time of the year about fungus gnats on uh, uh, house plants where the soil is pretty wet and you get these little annoying gnats, and there's lots of different ways to deal with them organically. The first thing is, the first thing is, is to let those, that soil dry out. That's going to basically stop the fungus gnats. Uh, there are yellow sticky traps you can get online, which will catch them. There's a, some, a little product called Mosquito Bites, or I'm sorry, Mosquito Bits, B-I-T-S, that it, this is an organic thing called BT, B as in boy, T as in Tom, to kill the larva. And it's just, you know, the fungus gnats will drive you crazy on your house plant. This is also a good time to be Cleaning and fertilizing your house plants. Yes, I said that right. Cleaning your house plants. Those leaves should be clean so they can they can do what they need to do, which is uh, clean the air, uh, make oxygen for us, and it, it's just uh, a part of uh, taking care of of house plant. And now that we're getting the, the days are getting longer, fertilizing those house plants uh, is a great idea. And so I use a fertilizer called Dramatic, D-R-A-M-M-A-T-I-C, Dramatic, from a company called Dram. And, but you could find many different organic um, fertilizers out there. I, I like to buy a concentrate that you mix up yourself. It lasts a lot longer. And then for working outside, uh, one of the things I'm doing right now is I'm cutting any grapevines that I see, you know, or any kind of wild vines like that. Again, this is the time of the year to do it when you when you have time. You know, we're gonna have a pretty decent day today. Mm -hmm. A good day to go out with the loppers and uh, cut those grapevines down. You don't want them up on your trees. You don't want them invading the garden. And you'll go a long way to removing them by you know every time, every, once a year, this time of the year, cutting them back. All right, it's that time, Doug. All right.
right. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right. Good stuff, Doug. Have a great week. Don't forget, he'll be at the Duquesne Light Home and Garden Show for the entire run beginning this Friday. And we're going to be there next Saturday, your Pratt Pack, from 8 in the morning until 2. And you'll be able to hear it all right here at 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDKA.